Hey, Rockheads, it's time again for NDC, an incredible developer conference held annually in Oslo, Norway. Richard and I will both be there, of course, but check out this all-star lineup. Troy Hunt, Rob Eisenberg, Scott Allen, Oren Eni, Michelle Bustamante, Damian Edwards, Brock Allen, Dominic Beyer, and many more. Register now at ndc-oslo.com. NDC, we'll see you there. .NET Rocks, episode 1271, with guest Curtis Wensley. Recorded Friday, March 11th, 2016. Thank you very much. Welcome to .NET Rocks. This is Carl Franklin. And this is Richard Campbell. Back again, um, man! It's good to be back in the studio. We had some time off, and uh, basically, you know, we came out of NDC London and the Scottnet Rocks tour with so many shows. Yeah, I almost think we didn't. We hardly need to record anything in February. Yeah. So you know, now it's you know we're recording in March for March. I feel you know, especially coming in towards the Build Conference, mm. it's very dangerous to get too far ahead because we know a bunch of stuff's about to be announced, and we could easily record a show that we can't publish. Right. Right. But it's good to be here. Uh, we got a, some great, great stuff coming up with Curtis Wensley. And, uh, but before we do that, we have this thing called Better Know a Framework. Awesome. All right, man. What do you got? Well, um, everybody knows about lists and collections and all of that stuff, but have you ever heard of Hash Set? Hash set? No. What is that? Hash set of T. So it's an unordered collection that contains unique elements. You can apply various operations like add, remove, contains, standard set of operations like union, intersection, symmetric difference. And the difference is, is that it's a bit faster than your standard I list or your standard list. It also implements I collection of T, I numerable of T. Uh, I numerable, I serializable, I deserialization callback, I set, and I read only collection. Do you hear what it doesn't use? I list. Interesting. Yeah. So it's a bit more performant when doing certain things. And I found out about it because I saw it being used in a demo somewhere. I was like, hmm, let me check that out and see what's up with that. So, yep, sure enough, um, there are some links out there that show tests of uh, a performance, and uh, it rocks. So, hash set, when you just need the iCollection interface and not the iList. So, you have to use an enumerator, basically. You can't use four each. Yeah. Interesting. But it's pretty cool. Um, I'm sorry. Did you just do a part of the framework on Better Know a Framework? <laughs> yes, I did. I love it. <laughs> It's in system.collections.generic, hash set it's of not, T. It's not even that new. It was out in 3.5. That's I, right. I'd never heard of this, and I figured it was like 4.5 or, or something, yep. but it's not. I, I agree. Uh, it was it was uh, something that I missed when going through all the collections. Maybe I yeah. went through the collections before 3.5. I'm not sure. I mean, it's entirely possible, but yeah. this is, yeah, this is really interesting. Nice find, dude. Thanks, man. Who's talking to us? Hey, I grabbed it. This is an oldie but a goodie. This is, I grabbed a comment off of 9.91. So ah. June of 2014, the show name MVVM Cross grows up with Stuart Lodge. Remember Stuart? I do. We should have had him on the show again. It's been too long. Yeah. Uh, and of course, that 
Stuart builds MVVM Cross, which right. is his library for trying to do cross-platform development, largely focused on mobile, which I think is a little different than what we're doing that here. That was sort of the, the precursor to Xamarin Forms. He was trying to do that yeah. same idea, yeah. Totally agree. And in fact, this comment from Rise of Phillips from two years ago, surprise, uh, is relates exactly to that. She says, hi, guys. I listened to this episode on my way to work this morning. I tried out Xamarin and MVVM Cross a few months back. At my previous position, I had access to the enterprise version of Xamarin, which was awesome. Mm. I was doing some proof of concept work to see if the cross-platform approach was going to be the solution for my company. We had an iPad version of two apps in the store, but I wanted to add iPhone and Android to the mix. After much fighting, I just didn't have that much in the way of common code, as the UI layer was demanding far too much custom work. Yeah. Since it wasn't Greenfield, but a port, the decision was made to write native apps instead. But it looks like the new version with Xamarin with Forms could have been the answer, but too late. Yep. Now, this is two years ago when Forms was brand new. We know it's still a struggle. Oh, you know the most important thing I take away from this paragraph? She started with an iPad version. Yeah. A larger cool. form factor, which I think would be a real battle to turn into a phone app. Yeah. So, interesting, you know, detail on uh, on thinking about this. Anyway, let me finish the, the uh, email here because it says, sadly, I'm no longer in that position due to the pricing model of Xamarin. I can't try it out. Yes, mm. expensive product. Uh, maybe that's about to change. I'd love to take advantage of the new app button, the ninja thing that sounded so awesome, but the licensing model of Xamarin won't allow it. Without shelling out the big bucks, I don't have Visual Studio integration. I do have a couple of apps in the store written natively, and I don't need nearly enough to justify buying even the indie version for both platforms. Yeah. Xamarin, in theory, is a great idea. They've just priced out the developers like me who aren't daytime app developers but tinker with other things on the side. Hard to tell if the little app that gets written as a learning project and released into the store is going to be the next Flappy Birds and rake enough bread to cover the cost. But there's only so much you can write off on your taxes for a side business. I'm going to have to stick with Java and Objective-C or maybe now Swift. Which, A, yeah. makes me think that Rise sounds totally amazing that you're like, that many languages? Really? <laughs> okay, cool. And uh, B is like, this is the big problem all along with Xamarin. So it's going to be really interesting now that Microsoft has acquired them to see what happens next. We haven't talked about this. Microsoft acquired Xamarin. Yeah. Yeah. So this is the first time that we've brought it up on the show. And yep. we don't know what that means. No, we really don't. We really don't. Um, I imagine that we're going to find out at Build. Well, we, I think we, we will certainly find out some stuff at Build, and I'm hoping we can have a good show with the boys and really, you know, dig into what this all means. Yeah. And what it looks like going forward. Yeah. So that's kind of interesting. Miguel de Acaza, Microsoft employee. <laughs> well, I think you were the one who tweeted out on the day that that happened. Uh, Don Box wins. Don Box wins. <laughs> and somebody found the video. Yeah. Of Don singing to Miguel. I think and, it was uh, 2003 PDC. Something Don, like that. Yeah. Don Box Which mean? sang the, the song Michelle to Miguel de Acaza at a party. I played guitar. It was banned on the runtime. And he handed him, he had a rose, you know, he was kind of trying to court him away. This was when Novell had just thought about or had bought uh, um, his company. So anyway. Yeah. Long time ago. And it made, it made the rounds. People couldn't believe it. Uh, of course, for 2003, the video was pretty low quality because yeah. 2003. Right. But uh, yeah, it's hard to imagine it's that long ago. I just wanted to point that out. So there, there it is. Show 1271 when, when the first time we talked about Microsoft acquiring Xamarin. So we'll find out there what that go. means at build. 
Hey, Riza, thank you so much for your comment. A .NET Rocks mug is on its way to you. And if you'd like a .NET Rocks mug, write a comment on the website at .NET Rocks.com or via any of the social media. We publish every show to Facebook and Google+. Plus, and if you comment there and we read it on the show, we'll send you a mug. And of course, you can follow us on Twitter. He's at Rich Campbell. I'm at Carl Franklin. And send us a tweet anytime you want. Um, we use him for target practice. So now let's introduce our guest, Curtis Wensley. He's an independent software developer and has been programming professionally for 18 years, as of this show anyway. His background is in web-based database systems and desktop software and has been a lead architect for projects such as the World Police and Fire Games in Vancouver, Richard's Neck of the Woods, and Employer Pass Program for TransLink. He's been working on open source projects, including Edo Forms, since 2011. And when he isn't on the computer, he enjoys sailing in English Bay or spending time with his family and eight-month-old daughter. He's currently working for McNeil and Associates to integrate Edo Forms with their Rhino 3D software and with Pardon Services Canada on their client management system. Welcome, Curtis. Thank you very much. And just be, before we continue with that, uh, I, uh, I have to correct you on your pronunciation of Etoforms. Etoforms. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you very much. What no is Etoforms anyway? Uh, Etoforms is a cross-platform UI framework for uh, desktop and mobile applications in .NET. Uh, the focus has been mainly on desktop as of late because uh, Xamarin Forms has sort of picked up on the mobile side of things. Mm. Um, its uh, specialty really is that uh, it provides a way to create native user interfaces on each of the platforms. So on Windows, you could use WPF or WinForms. On uh, Mac, you have the uh, Cocoa frameworks. And on Linux, you have GTK 2 or 3, which is uh, works really well. So Neat. everything from the UI down is basically... Edo forms, or does is it one form designer that works that transpiles sort of to all of these different platforms? It's not a transpiler. It's uh, basically it provides an abstraction over top the UI um, oh. frameworks for each of the frameworks. So if you think of it, if you're familiar with Xamarin forms, it basically works almost identically wow. to that. Um, and uh, it has, you know, things such as XAML uh, and JSON UI definitions if you want. But it's really good at uh, just code-based definitions as well. And for Mac desktop as well, OS X? Yep. Really? Yep. So it, it supports uh, mono Mac. Like, so if you want to distribute something for free. Uh, but it also supports uh, Xamarin Mac. So if you uh, have a subscription to that, you can, you know, compile mono in it and, and distribute your apps and uh, even publish on the App Store. And it's free on GitHub, right? It is free. Wow. So Wait I guess a second. You're, <laughs> if you're What's building that? desktop, using XAML to build desktop apps for Windows, Mac, and Linux, have you just recreated Silverlight? I wouldn't call it Silverlight. Um, Silverlight had some interesting features, and uh, it's similar to WPF, where a lot of the UI is... Uh, what I call owner drawn or uh, drawn by the framework itself. Right. Whereas this actually, all the elements, everything that you, you see is actually native elements uh, from each platform. Nice. So what you're saying is better than Silverlight. <laughs> uh, I, I would agree with that. Um, I'm, <laughs> I sort of switched to Mac 
quite a number of years ago, and I really didn't have a good experience with any app that tried to run on a Mac that wasn't built using its frameworks. Right. Um, and it, it just provides for a very bad user experience. How like that's changed a lot lately uh, with uh, Electron and things like that, or what's it called now? I can't remember. Um, but uh, so there, there's ways to create cross-platform applications uh, on the desktop that actually work really well um, if you're doing owner drawn or like using web frameworks. Um, okay. However, with this, it's it gives you that native feel, like as if the app was actually built for that platform. Wow. So I'm looking at Edo uh, Test which yep. is an app that uh, exercises all of the controls and all that stuff. And mm-hmm. these are all the different flavors of it, everybody. Android, Direct2D, GTK2, GTK3, Mac, WinForms, WinRT, WPF, and iOS. Wow. Holy crap. Ah, Well, where do we start? I mean, um, the, the Xamarin Forms was interesting to me in the beginning, but quickly you got yourself into uh, this. Well, maybe not so quickly, but after a while, you sort of find yourself in this position where you have to do custom renderers in order to do anything halfway that looks halfway decent, mm-hmm. you know, or to correct little problems on the iOS platform or on the Android platform that don't happen on other platforms. So uh, do you find yourself in a, a similar place with Edo Forms? In other words, do you have to, do custom tweaking to make things look the same? Uh, from my experience with everybody that's asked for help <laughs> with Eto Forms, I don't know uh, everybody that uses it, um, but the, my short answer is no, um, mainly because on desktop, uh, the idioms are very similar across the different platforms, so you don't get the, the massive differences that you see on mobile. Um, whereas, uh, on desktop, it, it's very similar. There are some abstractions that change things, how things work, such as like toolbars work fairly differently, uh, at least between Mac and, uh, other systems, but it does abstract it quite nicely. So you do get a, a very native feel without having to do anything. And so what about the a desktop is one thing, but what about Android iOS? Uh, well, as I said, uh, that's less of a, a focus now for Edo Forms. The Android port is, um, it works, but a lot is missing there. Uh, iOS is okay. more complete, um, and it works really well, but uh, I, would, I would still recommend like Xamarin Forms for something like that. Really? Until, okay. So at, the, at least at this point, um, right. I would like to, you know, get the mobile applications uh, to be more uh, better supported. I see in auto forms, but as I said, it's not really a focus at this point. And and what if there's somebody out there who wants to you know join the project and fix all that stuff up and and give you a, a pull request? Are you, would you welcome that? I mean, you're not I shying would, away from it, right? No, not shying away from it at all. I think uh, it really is a good way to get uh, a single app out there without having to write it multiple times. Wow. It's really, it, I mean, it does seem like a home for somebody from Silverlight. Not that Silverlight's gone or anything. It's just not being worked on anymore. Yeah, Silverlight, uh, uh, I've seen a lot in the uh, .NET forums and stuff like that, people wanting uh, Microsoft to resurrect Silverlight or some form of cross-platform WPF type of thing. 
And uh, so there's some actually uh, really interesting things going on there from another open source project, uh, Perspex. I think they're changing their name, though. Um, and uh, and it, it's looking really great. But as I said, like anything that's sort of like Silverlight or WPF will not look native or work native on each of the platforms. Wow. Yeah, no, it's it's really interesting. They they and now I'm, I quickly grabbed looked up Perspex. <sighs> There's so many folks working on this problem. I think it's really interesting. I mean, what's the relationship between Perspex and Edo? Well, I, actually, I I uh, view eventually Edo adding an abstraction over top Perspex, um, and I think that would be a really great uh, addition to Edo. Um, just to give you that more, much more flexibility. Right. I'm looking at, a one of the samples, a WinForm sample, and, um, it's an abstraction over all of these UI platforms. What is the format of this abstraction? Is it XML? Is it XAML? Is it XAML-like? Uh, well, XAML is actually, um, an add-on to it. You don't actually have to use XAML with Etoforms. Uh, it wasn't built with uh, XAML initially. Um, and uh, it's basically just a way to serialize uh, your uh, views into Eto. Um, and with the uh, UI designers for both uh, Xamarin Forms and, uh, or not Xamarin Forms, for uh, Xamarin Studio and Visual Studio, uh, you can see what your view will look like as you're typing it, which is really great. Really? So, so you're basically using visual studio with a new designer. Yeah. So I, I built a, built a little designer. It's not drag and drop, but, uh, who uses that? <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so you could, you could type either XAML or JSON or even code and it'll start building view for you visually. And, uh, you can see how things are going with that. Nice. So I yeah. can uh, literally, as I'm writing the XAML, see the thing render piece by piece. Exactly. Which is the, the way we want to work anyway. And it is XAML, right? It is XAML, yes. Uh, I actually had to um, to make this portable across all platforms. There's a XAML impl implementation on Mono, but uh, that was not very complete. <laughs> uh, so I actually forked that and created a, a PCL version of System XAML and have been updating that to basically fix all the problems with it and um, get it up to snuff so it could be used with Eto or pretty much anything else. And do you have to have a Mac in order to build an OSX app? No, actually. That's pretty uh, one of the cool things about the um, NuGet packages that I've provided for Eto. Uh, one of them will package an app bundle for you, which... Uh, uses Mono Mac, so it actually requires the users to install Mono on uh, on the Mac for it to run. But it'll package that bundle, you zip it up, send it to somebody that has a Mac, and it'll run. Holy crap. Mind blown. <laughs> and Mono Mac, I mean, that's the sort of the origins of Mono Touch, which would eventually become, I mean, Xamarin for iOS, right? Uh, I think it went Mono Touch, then Mono Mac, and then Xamarin Mac. Right. But yeah, it's it's all the same sort of foundation um, code. Yes. Um, does it support Visual Studio 2015? Yep. Okay. Yeah, 2015 or 2013. Um, you can't build Atto in 2013 anymore because I'm using uh, C sharp six, but you can use it um, if you're just developing Atto applications. 
So I'm as we spoke in, I downloaded it and uh I loaded it up in Visual Studio 2015. Um and uh so I see there's a PCL side of it. So it looks mm-hmm. very, very Xamarin forms in that way. So that is the the main UI, the PCL portable project. Yep. Yeah, so the the UI is all PCL, uh, or the abstraction layer is all PCL, uh, and the implementations of that uh, for each platform are not, obviously. Um, And uh, that allows you, you know, some pretty good flexibility on how you want to use that. Uh, I have some grand plans in the future to use uh, Core CLR um, with the MonoMac platform so that you can uh, package it all up and uh, have it... uh, actually run without installing anything on a Mac. Wow. And when you start these projects, you basically in the, in the, um, what am I looking at? Samples, the sample solution, you basically pick which one you're going to use WinForms, WPF or whatever, make that your startup project and everything should work, right? That's right. Yeah. So there's two ways that you can do it. You can either, either create uh, one project per platform, so a WinForms, a WPF, a um, Mac, mm. and a GTK uh, startup project. Uh, but you also have the option of just distributing one package that will run on any platform uh, other than Mac uh, because it does require an app bundle. So you can uh, it's the same code. You just distribute um, the uh, platform assemblies along with it, and it will run on multiple platforms. This is so very cool. Very, very cool. You know, Mono, I just haven't thought much about Mono lately because, of course, this is all going to be taken over to become .NET Core, won't it? Yeah, that's, I think, where the uh, direction will go. And I'm actually pretty excited about that, uh, mainly so we can uh, package up uh, the runtime with applications without any uh, royalties. <laughs> but uh, that's uh, it's pretty exciting. And in theory, just make a better quality version of .NET that runs on Mac and Linux as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I don't envy the guys that are trying to solve this problem. I remember, you know, dealing with Mono ages ago uh, with some of the projects that I was doing and just sort of acknowledging how much of the lower parts of the .NET framework were Windows-centric. And as soon as you sort of take Windows out from underneath it, you're missing things. It's not easy to recreate those things on a different operating system. No, uh, I've been following the uh, Core CLR uh, project quite a bit, um, and uh, it looks like they're going through a lot of growing pains, but uh, they actually have had some of the people that originally did some of the porting for Mono um, for uh, Mac, like some some of the uh, reasons why the Core CLR actually runs on a Mac right now is because of, uh, I think, uh, Jay Steadfast. I can't yeah, hmm. but uh, yeah, there's there's some some uh, of the same talent being used for both now, which is great. Well, and the real question is where how much of that talent was actually in Xamarin is now part of Microsoft. I'm not sure. Yeah, now, there's an angle we haven't thought of yet, Carl. Just you know, this is the first show we're really talking about Xamarin being acquired. Right. What if they acquired Xamarin to get those folks to work on .NET Core? Yeah. Who knows. Because we just got to forget about how important Mono was to this whole equation. Right. Get Making .NET run on other platforms started a long time ago. And it started with .NET 1. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's Mono came from that project. The, well, the uh, Rotor Project. The Rotor Project. That's it. 
Richard's yeah, got I'm, incredible recall. <laughs> it would have come to me in another 30 seconds. But Richard's like, you mean rotor. <laughs> it was so long ago. Well, yeah. When they, yeah, but we, that was sort of the running joke is what, you know, is dot, not that car is like the fourth attempt to open source.net. Maybe it'll take this time. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I think it will this time. It seems very promising. Well, they're certainly <laughs> banking everything on it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and I think the biggest thing in my mind is, is that it, it, the, as the main core teams working in GitHub on the project publicly, not, it's not a side project by a couple of people, you know, the Joe Polbars of the world. Mm. It is front and center how Microsoft's now building product. Yeah. That's, that, that's the distinction. I have to agree with you, Curtis. This is going to take just because the look at the concentration of forces to get the mono guys are on board. Like everybody's working on the same thing and they're and really trying to make an equal version of .NET all across all of these platforms. Mm. It also seems like they're uh, trying to make it sort of the future .NET platform, um, if if that makes any sense, because they do still have the full .NET framework on uh, Windows. But I foresee this uh, potentially taking over as the .NET framework that you use. I'm with you. I I think it's also just a personality. The, that one of the reasons to separate it off was to for the folks who just don't even want to pay attention to .NET, the 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 uh, open source version, that mm-hmm. the other version is there and still has room to grow. Hey, Richard. Yeah, buddy. Guess what time it is. Uh, I must be that happy time again. Yeah, time to stop joking around and write some damn Edo Forms apps, man. <laughs> oh, you're, you're that excited, I'm are this you? Exci- I've never been this excited. Well, yeah, I've, I've been this excited, but it's been a long <laughs> time, right? Uh, I just want to get get done with this show so I can write some code. Nice. Wow. Actually, it's That's time- not the only time it is. No, it's actually time to give away a Developer Express de-experience subscription to one lucky member of the .NET Rocks fan club. But first, become a UI superhero with DevExpress UI controls and libraries and deliver elegant .NET solutions that address customer needs today and leverage your existing knowledge to build next-generation touch-enabled solutions for tomorrow. Whether it's an Office-inspired application or a data-centric analytics dashboard, DevExpress Universal ships with everything you'll need to build your best without limits or compromise. Learn more and download your free 30-day trial at devexpress.com slash superhero. Awesome, dude. So who's our winner? Today's winner is Kevin Isom. Congratulations, Kevin. Golf clap for you, sir. And Kevin just won the D-Experience subscription from Developer Express, a big pile of awesome from them. And if you don't know what we're doing here, go to .netrocks.com, click on the big Get Free Stuff button, answer a few questions, and join the .NET Rocks fan club. We have thousands of members all over the world, and every show we like to give away stuff from our sponsors. And every December, we give away a $5,000 technology shopping spree to one lucky member of the .NET Rocks fan club, but you have to sign up to win. And we also like to ask our guests, Curtis, if you had $5,000 to spend on technology today, what would you buy? Uh, I would replace my uh, aging laptop. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Wow. That was so an easy. I mean, if you're going to spend five grand on a laptop, that's a Mac. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> oh, I don't <laughs> well, know. If you're, if you're doing cross-platform development uh, on a daily basis, you kind of need one. Yeah, you do. Well, you know, not the most exciting 
but uh, certainly, definitely uh, practical. But also, you know, one that's happened more than once or at least once when we actually have given away the five grand. You're right. Yeah, you're right. That's what real life is look- that's looks what like. It li- that's what it is. <laughs> right. It's funny. Yeah, we, we talk about all kinds of crazy things we spend on that money. But when you actually ask someone, okay, we're going to spend this money on you. What do you want? A computer, please. Yeah. <laughs> a, a good one, too. Good but, one. And built out for touch or for gesture or for mobile. And yeah. Totally. We're practical people. It's kind of sad. So, I was just talking about Developer Express. The third-party tool market is, uh, as you know, just great on desktop stuff. What is that whole third-party tool thing or plug-in model or control model look like in an Edo Forms world? Uh, for, like, third-party plugins, um, like... Uh like Dev Express, that kind of thing is. Yeah, that but you mean? not just not not necessarily a company like Dev Express, but just in terms of extensibility and custom controls and that kind of stuff. Yeah, it's uh, actually very uh, customizable. Like um, the the system that it uses to um, implement these abstractions, you can use uh, for any third party controls. Um, there has been some people that have created other controls that aren't quite uh, public. Uh, to a certain extent, they're on GitHub, but uh, not mm. quite usable. But they've used it to do things such as an OpenGL view uh, for Eto Forms, oh. and uh, also uh, inter- integrating uh, Oxyplot uh, for charting. So you can uh, you can certainly make use of that. So is um, I guess I'm I guess when I think about it, you're you're implementing XAML, and I'm not so sure how compatible your XAML is with XAML XAML. But if you're familiar with that and you're done co- and you've done components or user controls, you're probably that much closer to writing your own custom controls, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you're just looking at creating completely custom controls, you can use uh, Eto to do that. Like the same sort of subclassing infrastructure is there uh, and events and things like that that you can override or add your own. Um, and you could pretty much implement your own custom controls just using Eto directly. Mm. Uh, since it has like a complete uh, drawing infrastructure as well, hmm. um, your controls complete, it can be uh, completely uh, owner-drawn as well. Wow. So, um, I mean, this might be a hard question for you to answer, but, you know, maybe you can. How, what percent of compatibility with XAML XAML, like say WPF XAML, is uh, Eto Forms? Well, if you uh, compare it to, say, Xamarin Forms XAML, um, it's the same. Um, okay. You can't you can't copy and paste uh, WPF XAML and, into Eto and use it that way. But the actual uh, format of XAML and how to use it and how do you uh, create markup extensions or use markup extensions is all the same. So Xamarin Forms did not use the sort of standard names for things like text boxes and and labels and stuff that we have in WPF or, I guess, Display Block. Have you used the sort of the standard names when possible? Uh, well, this, this framework, uh, I started in 2006. So, no. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> um, well, that's like but, right at the beginning of XAML. I suppose that's to be expected. Um, but... Well, it, yeah, it, it, this I started this before XAML was even sort of a thing, I guess. Oh. Um, 
and uh, it's it's evolved quite a lot since then. Wow. A lot of the naming uh, and uh, the way that you put things together is very similar to um, you know WinForms or WPF is sort of the new sort of norm in terms of the the design of the API. But it is kind of a blend. It isn't uh, identical to WPF or has the same features, obviously, uh, just because like uh, the way that WPF works with uh, its styles and things like that just uh, aren't quite compatible across all the platforms that it supports. Should we talk a little bit about the Linux side of things? Because, I mean, obviously, one of the claims to fame for Edo is its support for GTK2 and GTK3. But I, don't, I think folks who've never touched the whole idea of a GUID version of Linux just aren't aware of this. Uh, I think that at least the people that are using Eto are uh, taking advantage of that quite a lot. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of people I've even seen developing on Linux um, using Eto. So they use MonoDevelop, which is basically Xamarin Studio, but the open source version, and uh, using that to do all their development. And then they... Uh, go from there to Mac and then Windows. Right. I mean, one would argue that the GTK approach is probably the easier cross-platform approach across the board to get to all the machines. Yeah, if you if you use GTK directly, you mean? or Either way. I mean, I always think of GTK, I, I know it's supposed to be GIMP toolkit, but as soon as I see the G, I think GNOME. Mm. Which is, I know it's wrong, but it's, you know, <laughs> GNOME is always right there. In sense of the you know the GUI for for Linux, right? Yeah, and it and it's actually a really great framework um, for building UI uh, now, especially with GTK three. It's all uh, Cairo based, which is like a, a hardware accelerated uh, graphics platform, which Eto integrates wow. with, and it works really really great with that. Um, I've found though, like if you're trying to run a GTK app on Mac, for example, that's where it looks probably the worst. Uh, I think the Zam- <laughs> <laughs> I think Xamarin have done a really great job in making uh, Xamarin Studio look and work very much like uh, a Mac app. But there are some sort of ugly corners, if you will, uh, that uh, just sort of rear their head every once in a while, and you're like, "Yeah, that's just not right." Hmm. <laughs> And you get into this uncanny valley trap where it's just a not not right enough to make you think, the, the, to make you almost not, you just sort of have that sense of disgust. Like there's something wrong with this. It just <laughs> feels wrong. Yeah, but it's getting better. It well, It's gotten better uh, over the years, uh, mainly because they're now using their own um, Xamarin Mac uh, slash MonoMac to do a lot of the uh, UI. So a lot of it is actually uh, a Mac UI now, which is great. Right. But, you know, the other side of this is that, I mean, I look at the controls from GTK Plus and they're, they're rather win for me. Like they, they're somewhat old school compared to what folks do in WPF and things these days. That's right. Yeah. On the other hand, we built a lot of software that way quite successfully. That's right. Yeah. I, I don't think it sort of invalidates that API design. Uh, I think you could actually use a lot of that uh, that design with a lot of modern um, uh, tools like uh, doing MVVM uh, style programming, which Eto Forms is really great with um, both using XAML and uh, doing it through code. It has some really great binding uh, UI to hook up to a view model and and it works really great. Like I've, I've ported um, a lot of WPF code over to Eto and 
the view models you could use basically straight up wow. and uh, wow and port write your UI in Eto and then bam you have uh, cross platform UI it's great can you tell us about some of the applications out there that have been written using Eto well the, the main one that I'm working on right now is uh, Rhino 3D which is a 3D modeling software and uh, wow they they uh, are uh, basically came out with a Mac version of their software within the last year. They've been working on it for years and years, and uh, they didn't really have a good cross-platform story for plugin developers. Uh, this this software <coughs> mainly works well uh, in, in in different industries because it has a, an extensive plugin architecture. Hmm. Right. So, uh, like the jewelry industry has their own plugin, but they, if it has its own UI, then it will, it's typically at least been done in the past using WinForms or WPF. Um, so if they want that same plugin to work on a Mac, then, uh, uh, they wanted a, a story, a good story for them to provide a UI framework that will work across all platforms that Rhino 3, 3D runs on. Um, and that's uh, why they chose Eto Forms, and uh, I'm helping helping them uh, integrate that in. Wow, that's amazing! And Rhino is only for the Mac. No, it's for both Windows and Mac. Oh, okay. So it was oh. originally a Windows app, and uh, they ported all their C plus plus native code over. Uh, but again, they didn't have anything on the plugin side for which they predominantly used .NET for. There's also um, some applications listed in the README on GitHub, uh, an accounting manager? Uh, yeah, uh, accounting manager is, uh, it mainly uses the web UI. It's so, sort of like Electron, uh, where it, uh, it's all web-based, but uh, it uses Eto to integrate into the desktop. Awesome, 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 awesome. That's really neat. Uh, the one app that... Uh, basically started Eto Forums uh, is called Pablo Draw and it's a uh, it's an ASCII drawing program uh, <laughs> anti ASCII drawing program awesome uh, and uh, back in 2006 uh, I had a Windows version of this and a DOS version of it back in the uh, DOS days and nice. uh, when uh, people started using Linux in that sort of uh, group there uh, I wanted a way to build this without building it multiple times. I just thought that was probably the dumbest way to do it. Um, <laughs> not like for an individual, for, uh, for example, but, um, so it started there and, uh, it's just grown. It's just one of those odd little niches where sometimes you want ASCII art. <laughs> it's a, uh, it's actually, uh, got a quite the following these days uh, because of the new software that I built. Uh, it's got uh, collaborative features so they can all draw together, which uh, it's it's been pretty uh, eye-opening on uh, the sort of resurgence of this art. And you can actually do some searches out there for that. Uh, on uh, 16 Colors, uh, a lot of the new art is posted there. And uh, it's actually quite beautiful art that that uh, uh, is quite enjoyable. That's really, really kind of cool. What are some of the limitations or brick walls that people typically face when they get started with Edo Forms? Um, those are becoming less and less. Uh, however, some of the limitations that you might run into are 
if you're used to WPF, for example, uh, it's kind of a, a head shift to uh, get into Edo forms. Um, however, uh, that's been mitigated a lot with the XAML implementation, so people are a lot more familiar with it. Mm. Um, the the main sort of roadblock that people run into initially, but uh, it seems to um, go quickly after that, is uh, the layout scheme. Uh, right now, it's mainly table-based layouts, uh, and everything is auto-sized. Nice. So uh, you don't have to worry, and you shouldn't have to worry about sizing of your controls unless you're doing custom drawing or things like that or providing a scrollable area. Um, and that's done on purpose because every platform should be able to resize its controls based on its native UI standards. Right. Um, so a button on GTK is completely different size than a button on Mac. So it actually makes a lot of sense if you're doing this cross, cross-platform UI to have a sort of responsive, for lack of a better word, UI. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, some good UI that I've seen has absolutely no sizes other than the initial size of the form. And even then, uh, if you're doing like dialogues, for example, uh, with no scrollable or ex- expandable regions, it's just completely auto-sized. You don't have to worry about anything. You just mm. decide where it goes and it'll figure it out. Okay. How much Mac OS X stuff do we have to know in order to write uh, a desktop app for OS X? Uh, absolutely none. Really? Yep. I like that. I like none. <laughs> Cause you know, I, I have a Mac and I use it, but you know, I'm, I have no, no idea about any kind of Mac desktop development. I wouldn't know where to start and you know, I could probably figure it out, but I really don't want to. <laughs> well, especially from the, <laughs> the, a lot of people are, the, are in that same view. I've done, uh, some iOS apps using Objective-C before, and it's quite a mind shift. And the way that uh, Xamarin has sort of mapped the uh, uh, iOS and Mac APIs works really well, but it just works completely differently. Instead of um, events, it uses delegates, like a class that uh, responds to, to certain things. And they've wrapped a lot of that in events so that you can do that. But it's still quite different than what you'd be used to usually. So you're usually using the UI designer and putting like a little bit of code in there, uh, again, which works, but then you're just creating, you know, Mac specific code. Um, whereas with Edo forms, it's very much more like, uh, WPF or WinForms. So, uh, a lot of people that are familiar with that, which is a lot of people, um, will, uh, be familiar with Edo forms. So if Edo forms is mostly desktop, which is what I hear you saying, Mm-hmm. And and people are still listening. <laughs> Those are the, it's very uh, dry stuff. Yeah, yeah. No, I just mean, you know, so much is mobile these days and so much is web that desktop apps sort of have taken a back seat. So obviously, if you're still listening, you're still interested and you want to know. But what is your recommended um, deployment tool for desktop apps? Desktop app deployment is is kind of a problem these days and the, even the stuff that used to work really well, like click once, um, certain, oh, security protocols and problems and firewalls and things like that just sort of prohibit all that stuff. What's, what do you use to do a deployment across platforms? Uh, 
across platforms, I provide uh, two zips, one for uh, Windows and GTK, and one that gives you an app bundle for Mac. So you're uh, really all about just unzip the file and run the XE. Yeah. So your your users have to be that sophisticated, and I would say most of them aren't. <laughs> <laughs> well, on Mac, it'll unzip it for you, so your app will just be there. Uh, on yeah. Windows, I have, uh, like, at least for the apps that I've created, I have used Click Once, which works, but uh, again, there are headaches there. Yeah. And you'd use the same same way to, to distribute your apps um, as you would before with, like, a WPF app, for example. You'd do the same thing. Is there any Is there any such thing these days as a executable installer that is easy to use where you can just wrap a zip file and say, Hey, make this an XE. And when you click it, I want you to expand, a you know, into a folder and then run this, put the, put the icon on the desktop, that kind of thing. I mean, you know, there are tools that do that obviously, but it seems that a lot of them have gone away. Yeah. I'm, I'm not too uh, familiar with like all that's out there, but yeah. um, it, it is definitely one of the, problems that you would have, especially as like an indie developer creating something uh, like an app that you want people to install yeah. Uh, easily. Yeah. And then updates, of course, are a whole nother problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So what about the mobile story? I mean, you've got this sort of dynamic uh, sizing approach to forms that sounds like it would just work on a phone. It does. Uh, you do have to uh, adjust the layouts. So it's more of a vertical layout than, uh, you know, horizontal. Um, right, which it doesn't necessarily do for you automatically, uh, but uh, there are things coming in the pipeline that will make that easier. Uh, however, like the same code will will just run um, on either platform at this point. And when you say either, you mean iOS and Android? Uh, iOS, uh, Android, as I said, wasn't uh, fully isn't fully baked yet. Right. Okay. So really, just iOS. Yeah. But perhaps one of our alert listeners will start contributing and, and <laughs> I mean, you know, we have a lot of smart people who listen to the show. Yeah, yeah no kidding. And that would be great. And if that the fact that if you know if your focal point was cross platform desktop, the fact that you could get to a phone without maintaining a separate code base is pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think uh that's done before where you can do both uh desktop and mobile. Uh probably. Well but. this is this is sort of the claim to fame for the universal app model at Microsoft, the new, new, new mm-hmm. universal yeah, app model. right. New, 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 new. <laughs> new, new. <laughs> yeah. So, but then, of course, for them, universal was Windows desktop and Windows phone. Country and but Western. With, there you go. Well, well, and with some indication that more would be supported. Yeah, at, I, at some point, I, I mean, we're, we're here. We are a couple weeks ahead of build, so yeah. which is the most likely place they'd announce such a thing. Yeah, we'll we'll know more. All well, they have their revealed. Android um, uh, porting platform where the, you can write uh, their uh, Windows code but run it on Android. But I think they've discontinued that. They, they took a step back. Yeah, the Project Astoria. I hope we get that clarified too at build. Because nobody really knows what happened, just that it's sort of gone away. And then right around that same time, they acquired Xamarin, which, once again, it's like, what does this all mean? It's going to be an interesting time in San Francisco, I'll tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> Are you planning to go, to Curtis? Are you going to go to uh, build? I'm not going to go, but I'll be uh, listening to it the whole time. That's for sure. 
So what's next? I know that, that you have some things in the works for, uh, you know, for this, for Edda. Anything you can talk about? Uh, well, uh, uh, some of the things that I'm working on uh, in the future are, are uh, mainly based around layouts and providing some really great ways to uh, to lay out or create your own layout scheme for Eto um, and work it up, work across platforms. So that I'm really excited about. Uh, it's coming down the pipe probably this year, and awesome. um, uh, just pretty much trudging through all the uh, issues and pull requests that people submit to Eto. And uh, one of the focal points that I've been doing uh, mainly starting this year is XAML support and the designer so uh, it's really great that I'm getting a lot of issues coming in uh, to help tweak that up and, and make it work really well. Fantastic well it's been great talking to you thank you very much and congratulations this looks awesome Curtis. Well thank you and uh, thanks for having me. You bet and we'll see you next time on .NET Rocks .NET Rocks is brought to you by Franklin's Net and produced by Plop Studios, a full-service audio, video, and post-production facility located physically in New London, Connecticut, and, of course, in the cloud. Online at pwop.com. Visit our website at dotnetrocks.com for RSS feeds, downloads, mobile apps, comments, and access to the full archives going back to show number one, recorded in September 2002. And make sure you check out our sponsors. They keep us in business. Now go write some code. See you next time. Got a